0: Good to see you, brother. Hope you guys can stick around for some uh, barbecue and we can, uh, we can connect. That would be great. Good, good. Well, we, uh, today we're doing part two of uh, last week's message. So if you missed last week, you're going to want to... Uh, Go back and catch that. A little bit of a recap. We are we are uh, looking at this passage <clears throat> from Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. So, some recap from last week. Revival is not primarily organizational. What I mean by that is revival is not dependent on what our board does in our boardrooms or what our staff does in our staff meetings. We can't organize ourselves into revival, right? We can't, we talked about this, uh, this fire thing last, last week from, from the scriptures, and we can't, uh, filled with fresh presence of God, fresh power, fresh anointing, fresh intimacy with the Lord, But we also need that together, right? Revival happens as organizationally. We'll talk about that in a bit. Or not organized, communally, together. Um, Revival in our region is dependent on the church of Jesus being renewed in our love and our passion for him, right? Does that make sense? Our our city's not just going to spontaneously break into revival. It's dependent on the church of Jesus coming alive. Does that make sense? And the church being renewed is dependent on its people being renewed in their intimacy with Jesus. So God wants to change our region. He wants He wants every little community in the shallower region to come alive with the life of Jesus. But it's only going to happen if the church comes alive with the life of Jesus. And that's only going to happen if you and I come alive with the life of Jesus. Right? Um, and, And God knows our weakness and our frailty... He knows that we leak, right? He knows that we drift. He knows that we don't live in a constant state of renewal. And so in his mercy and love, he provided a way back to intimacy with him when we fail. And we do, right? And so last week we talked about the big if. The big if. Here's the deal. We, we said the fire can only come from God, right? But it's not dependent on God because he's waiting. To pour out the fire. He's waiting to renew us. He's waiting to do what he longs to do. It depends on our if. Remember that last week? We talked about the big if. If my people. Revival doesn't start with God. He, He brings it, but it doesn't start with him. It starts with a people who are willing... To humble themselves and pray and seek His face and turn from their wicked ways. Right? It starts with us. It starts with the big if. So we can always choose the path towards God, the path of intimacy with Him. We said last week, you have as much of God as you want. The question is, how much do you want? How much are you willing to press into him, to lean into him, to say yes to him, to surrender to him? How much do you want, right? The if lies before us every day. If we will do the things daily that lead us towards Jesus, then we will walk closely with him and experience regular seasons of revival and renewal in our lives. If we choose other things as our priority, then we will live with lukewarm hearts. And it's not God's fault. Right? We have what we want. So last week we talked about if my people who are called by my name... And talked about humbling ourselves and praying. And so uh, we're going we're gonna to pick up where we left off there. Talking about praying. Last week we emphasized personal prayer. We talked about some of the reasons we don't pray. And how God invites us personally to connect with Him in prayer. And, and that is important and it's vital in our walk with the Lord But there's another level to the invitation in this verse. Okay? It's true, it's true that the beginning of personal renewal in our own lives begins with humbling ourselves and praying. But the wording in this verse, when it says humble themselves and pray, it's in the plural. Uses plural language. Yes, God wants your heart sparked, renewed, revived. But He wants a group of people who are willing to come into alignment with each other and alignment with Him and humble themselves and pray. Because it's not just about me being happier in Jesus than I was yesterday. It's about the mission. It's always about the mission. It's about what God wants to do, not just in me, but through me and through us in our region. Right? So this verse is plural and it's corporate. It's a community invitation. And I think a question worth asking is, are we satisfied getting what we need out of our relationship with the Lord just to just survive, or do we want to be part of something bigger? Do we want to be part of something bigger? Are we, are we satisfied with church As usual, or do we want to be part of a community that regular experiences the presence of the risen Jesus among us and sees lives changed regularly because of what God is doing in us and through us, right? Can we lift our eyes and see that there is a region around us that needs Jesus, and are we willing to do corporately what it takes to remove the barriers in our lives and in our relationships in the, in the body of Christ, in the family of God, so that as a community, we can go to a new level of effectiveness for the kingdom. Is that what we want, right? Right? Are we satisfied with having nice church services to go to or do we want to see a move of God that will sweep our region and bring hundreds of lives into the kingdom of God, right? I ask the question because revival is costly. It's costly, but it's costly because it's precious and it's valuable. And God is looking for a people who will pay the price to pursue Him at all cost, who are willing to align themselves around God's bigger picture. And a part of the cost is to prioritize times of corporate prayer. To prioritize times of corporate prayer. We'll come back to this before we finish today to talk about some strategies, some prayer strategies we want to we move into this summer. But let me say that every, every... I've, I'm, I've been over the years a bit of a student of revivals and every revival in history began with a core of people who were willing to pay the price in prayer. That's where it starts. I love Isaiah 62, verse 6 and 7. It says, God says, I've posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. Those those are the ones who are Leaning in. That's the core. That's the ones that are leaning in in prayer. Saying, God, what are you up to? Right? I've posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. They will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. In other words, if it it takes this, let's wear God out with our intercession and our leaning in and our calling on his name until we see happen what needs to happen. Right? To not let go of God. God needs some tenacious people that don't say a prayer and then say, well, God will do it if he wants to do it, but lean in and say, God, We need you. Our region is desperate for you. There are broken, ravaged lives all around us that need the kingdom of God to intersect with their lives. God, pour out your spirit upon us. We will only experience the level of breakthrough we all long for when there is a sustained level of corporate prayer. Then God says, seek my face. My people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. What does it mean to seek God's face? I know that's a phrase that many of us who've been around church for a few years have heard. It's in songs we sing. We've heard sermons about it. But what does it really mean? Maybe if you haven't been around church for a while, maybe it just sounds really strange. We were made for intimacy with God. Genesis 2 describes the creation of Adam, and it speaks of God forming Adam from the dust of the earth and then breathing into his nostrils The breath of life, the nismat haim, the breath of life, breathing into his nostrils, the breath of life, and he became a living soul, it says. How close do you have to get to breathe into someone else's nose? Just just turn to your neighbor. No, don't do that. Don't do that. But it's an act of intimacy. When God created Adam, there was intimacy and beauty and love in that creation. Where God leans in and breathes into his nostrils the breath of life face to face. And we were meant to live in intimacy with God. God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. Moses met with God regularly in a tent that he called the Tent of Meeting. It wasn't a particularly creative name, but it was a good name. The Tent of Meeting, because it's where it's the tent he went to to meet with God, right? It says in Exodus 33, verse 11, whenever people saw the pillar of of cloud of God's presence standing at the entrance to the tent of meeting. They all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their own tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Wow. Then a few verses later, it says something that seems kind of contradictory. In verse 20, it says, when Moses asked to see the glory of God, God says to Moses, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, Yahweh, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. In our sinful state, we cannot look on the fullness of God's glory. And yet, God in the Old Testament regularly met with people. He does this by the, the presence of the pre incarnate Christ, right? The mediator of God, the Word. The Logos, the Word, that would be made flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. But in the Old Testament, he is called the angel of the Lord, the angel of Yahweh, the captain of the Lord's armies. He's the one who met Moses in the burning bush. He's the one who spoke with Moses in the tent of meeting. He's the one who wrestled with Jacob the one who called the name of Samuel as a young boy and then spoke to him that night and throughout his life. God was constantly inviting those who would seek him. God plays hide and seek. He doesn't play hide and seek so that you won't find him he plays hide-and-seek so that you will. Right? When, you're, when, when you play hide-and-seek with, with, you know, a, a two-year-old or a four-year-old or a three-year-old, right, you play, you play hide-and-seek with them. You don't hide in the most unfindable place and then wait for three hours while they cry on the floor, right? You hide in plain sight. You hide in a place that that... That when they find you, you get to enjoy their squeal of delight when they see you. Right? God plays hide and seek with us because he wants to see the joy and the delight in our lives and on our face when we discover him. Right? He invites us to seek his face. Just a few passages, just a, a, a couple of passages out of a bunch in the Old Testament that talk about this, seeking the face of God. First Chronicles 16, verse 10. Glory in His holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. See, there it is. We rejoice when we, when we find Him, as we seek Him. Seek out the Lord and His strength. Seek His face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his marvels, and the judgments he has pronounced. Psalm 24, verse 4 to 6. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Remember Jacob was the one that wrestled with God. Let's be a generation Let's seek his face. Psalm 27 verse 7 and 9. Hear O Lord my voice when I call be merciful and answer me. My heart said seek his face. Your face O Lord I will seek. Hide not your face from me nor turn away Your servant in anger, you have been my helper. Do not leave me or forsake me, O God of my salvation. And then there's the promise in Jeremiah 29, 13. It says, you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. God is looking for those who will seek Him earnestly, desperately, continually. Seeking His face is about positioning ourselves to encounter God's presence. Positioning ourselves to encounter God's presence. And I'm going to suggest to you that that is, a, that is, that is what this is all about. encountering God's presence. If we come here on Sunday mornings and we sing some songs, we hit all the right keys, we don't usually do that, (laughs) hit all the right keys, sing all the right notes, the pastor preaches a passable sermon, and at the end of the day, we haven't encountered the presence of Jesus we're wasting our time in this room. Because this is not just about upholding some doctrine or, or, or doctrinal statement. This is about coming face to face with Jesus. Meeting Him, beholding His glory and being transformed from glory to glory as we spend time with Him And then going out from this place carrying the weighty presence of His glory as we touch the lives of people around us. It's about an encounter with Jesus. So what do we need to do to position ourselves to encounter His presence? Well, we need to seek His face. We need to We need to align ourselves with him. We need to be going after him. We also need to turn from our wicked ways. Seeking God's face leads us to recognizing our unworthiness. And that's not a bad thing. It's actually the beginning of a really, really good thing. When we hear this word, wicked, we would tend to think of, an, of the actions of a person who is unredeemably evil. We might think of the only person who has wicked ways is like a supervillain or a serial killer or a genocidal dictator. But the word used here in this passage, haraim, is a broad word that can mean anything from ugly to bad to evil to poisonous to harmful to malignant. It can mean all of those things. It's the same word that's used in Genesis 2 where it speaks of the tree of The knowledge of good and evil. Haraim. Knowledge of good and bad, good and wicked. What is right and wrong? So do do you and I do we have ways that are wicked? Do we have patterns of behavior that are sometimes malignant or toxic or harmful? Do we get stuck in selfish patterns that are leading us away from God and His purpose rather than towards it? Patterns of relating to people that are harmful and toxic. If your answer to those questions is no, I suggest you ask the person sitting beside you because they might have a different opinion. Right? Wickedness in church people is often less about the outward things and more about the heart. It may look less like dealing drugs and embezzling funds and more like gossiping and complaining and judging. The starting place to freedom is to realize how trapped we are. That's worth saying again. The starting place to freedom is realizing how trapped we are. The starting place to holiness is to recognize how wicked we are and to run to the Holy One to be changed. He is our only hope, folks. 1 John 1 Verses 8 to 10 says this, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So even in claiming to be without sin, we're sinning, (laughs) right? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. Folks, your pastor has wickedness in his heart sometimes, and so do you. And rather than being quick to point somewhere else when we're looking for wickedness, we would do well to respond as Isaiah instructs in Isaiah 55, verses 6 to 7, where he says, seek the Lord, there we find it again, seek the Lord while he may be found, call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts, let them turn to the Lord, and He will have mercy on them. And to our God, for He will freely pardon. Folks, the goal isn't to take our wickedness and sweep it under the carpet so that nobody sees. It's to bring it into the light so that God can change it. Right? And if we do that, not just as individuals, but as a church family, we will position ourselves to be a welcoming place for the presence of Jesus. And God says, then. If all of these things, then. Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Then I will hear from heaven. God will quickly answer the humble and repentant prayer. Do you know how much He's waiting to hear a humble and repentant prayer from us, right? He's just waiting for it. He quickly Loves to respond to humble, repentant prayers. He's listening and looking for it. Scripture says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. He's looking. Who's going to turn to me? Who's going to commit themselves in a fresh way to me? Hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin. Remember who God is talking about in this verse? If my people. If my people, right? The starting place of revival is not the world dealing with the world's sin, but the church turning from sin and being forgiven. It's you and me coming to a place of surrender and forgiveness. That's where revival begins. God is dealing with His church in this season. I don't know if you're tuned in to some of the stuff going on in the church in the world, but there's almost weekly stuff coming out, right? Hillsong Church has had for a couple years now, they've had, they've had things happening at, at Hillsong. Uh, Hillsong, New York, had, had um, sexual abuse stuff going on, and, and now there's stuff going on at Hillsong, Hillsong uh, International. The Meeting House, the biggest megachurch in Canada, Meeting House in Ontario. Um, I don't want to go into details and throw mud but but it's a mess there's 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 a mess going on there right um ravi zacharias whoever thought that we'd hear what we heard about ravi zacharias right residential schools all this hidden stuff coming to the surface and being exposed Discussion about abuse of, abuse of power in churches. Believe me, this is not just nasty media picking on poor little church. This is Holy Spirit cleaning house. This is Holy Spirit doing what he needs to do in the church of Jesus around the world to prepare us for what he wants to do around the world. He is waiting to pour out his spirit for a last day harvest, for a last day in of souls. And he needs the church to be cleansed, to be brought back to Jesus. Brought back to its purpose, brought back to its mission so that he can empower us to do what he's called us to do. Folks, rather than cry foul when things are being exposed in the church, let's cry out to God and say, Oh God, expose in me what you need to expose so that I can be ready for what you have in store. And he says, I will heal their land. When our prayers are being answered and our sins are forgiven, it's not just so we can feel better about ourselves, know that God's on our team, but it's so we can finally be ready to carry out God's plan on planet Earth. We have a region who need a pure and powerful church. Church. To bring the hope of Jesus. So positioning ourselves to encounter God is not so we can have a Holy Ghost hoedown. We can have fun services. But it's so that... Those are great. Yeah, those are great. But it's so that we have something of value to present to the world that desperately needs the hope of Christ. Our region needs Jesus. Our region needs people who are ready at any moment to share the hope of Christ with them. Our region needs people who are ready at any moment to pray for the sick and see them recover. Our region needs people who are in tune with the Spirit of God and can speak prophetically into people's lives to bring hope and life. And they will only meet Jesus if his people represent him well. If we are revived and alive. Amen? And so before we close, we're just about done. But I, wanna, I just want to share with you, um, over the last couple weeks I've been praying, God, where do we go from here, right? Right? Um, some good stuff, some challenging stuff, some weighty stuff, but where do we go from here? And uh, I really felt like the Lord gave me a, a prayer strategy for us for the summer. So I want to share that with you before we, before we finish up. Um, <clears throat> the uh, Um, you know, it's, it's challenging at the best of times to, uh, to, to gather people for prayer. I'm just going to be really, really honest with you. I'm not whining or flogging you or whatever. Just, just here's where we've been, right? Um, Pre-COVID, on, on our prayer nights, we were probably, probably had anywhere from 12 to 17 people coming out for, for prayer pretty regularly. Um, right now we've got four or five coming out regularly for prayer, um, and I, and I get it. I mean, it's been a crazy, it's been a crazy world. It's been a crazy couple of years. All that stuff, right? Um, and in the summer, I know that we're, you know, we got we got campers and cottages and family, and we're running here, running there. So, so here's the plan. I want us to focus in on some dates and be very intentional about gathering for prayer. And so um, I know this is short notice for tonight. I get that. But uh, we're going to... We're gonna, um, the last Sunday of each month, tonight's, today's the last Sunday of June, the last Sunday of July and the last Sunday of August, we're going to hold strategic prayer events. I'm calling them Shake Sheller. Felt like the Lord gave that to me, right? So, Shake Sheller, three prayer events. Um, I want to encourage us to try to prioritize those in our lives, in our calendars. Let's come together and pray. Let's pray for our region. Um, let's Let's... Humble ourselves, pray, seek God's face, repent, and pray for our region. Um, and uh, so, those three dates—they're gonna—I the, already put them out in, in the EB update this past week weekend. We'll keep putting them out, uh, so you won't won't lose them or forget them. Um, then we've got two prayer walks on July 17th and August 14th, where we're going to walk the streets in strategic areas and pray pray walk our city. And if you can't walk very far, then drive it. Or, I don't know, we'll put you in a wagon and drag you. (laughs) Whatever works. Right? Um... July 17th is actually the Sunday night before Gather to Go comes, so that's very intentional. We're going to pray walk our city before that event where we have evangelism training and and, and go out on the streets to share Jesus, right? So July 17th, August 14th, we meet at 6 p.m., and go out from here to various places and neighborhoods in the city in twos and threes and, and just pray walk our city. And then we've got our regular prayer stuff that, that you may not be aware of, but it is, is ongoing. And I want to I make you aware of this in, in case you forget. Um, and I printed a sign-up sheet And it's sitting on my printer at home. So that's not going to help us at all. But uh, I'll I'll, uh, send out something to you this week by email that you can sign up for these. Um, So every Sunday, we have uh, down in the room we call the Encounter Room. That's an intentional name. Place to meet God. Um, Encounter God. Uh, We have pre-service prayer every Sunday. And so I want to encourage you, show up early and, uh, and spend some time with us in prayer, uh, praying for our service, praying for what God is going to do. That's an opportunity that comes up every week to join us for, for pre-service prayer. Um, Don Gallen runs our monthly fasting and prayer. So you can pick a day of the month. He'll put you on that day and one day a month. You fast and pray for our church, for our region. And actually, Don is picking up this verse that we've been going through the last couple of weeks 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people, et cetera. And, and he's, he's walking us through that in prayer this summer. He's going to be, he, he provides uh, stuff for you to pray, uh, to, to use for, for, for prayer. So that's happening uh, ongoingly. You can become part of that. And then we have our emergency prayer chain that uh, Linda Levine and Suzanne Obey kind of run that for us. And, and that's, if something happens, we call the, the, the Black Ops prayer team and say, we need you to pray. And they, they just jump right to it and they call, they call people and get people praying. And So if you want to be part of any of those, those are available to us. But folks... Encourage us. We need to to dig in. We need to position ourselves because I believe God wants to do something that we have not seen yet. But we need to humble ourselves, pray, seek his face, turn from our wicked ways. Let's stand. Thank you, Lord. Let me pray just before uh, Pastor Pam steps in. God, thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for your mercy, your love, your goodness, your grace. Thank you that though, God, we fall on our face again and again, you are so quick to respond with mercy and compassion when we turn to you. God, we confess to you today that we as individuals, we are, we are frail, We are in need today of your your love and your mercy. We ask you to forgive us, God. Forgive us for our wicked ways. And give us the courage to turn back to you. To run to you, to seek intimacy with you and ask God that you would do something fresh again. Pour out your spirit again. God, we confess to you that that at times as a family, as a church family, we get out of sync with each other and we, we grumble and we gossip and we complain and we 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 fall out of step with with you and what you're doing. God, we ask your forgiveness. We turn our hearts back to you as a family and we turn our hearts back to each other. God, our desire is to be aligned with you, to be positioning ourselves for all that you want to do in us. Come have your way, we ask, in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Anyone else feel challenged by that this morning? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it great that God loves us so much he doesn't leave us where we're at? Isn't it wonderful that God loves us so much he doesn't leave us where we're at? Yeah. yeah. So I just pray that whatever the Lord has challenged you with today, whether it's in your own personal walk or whether it's as a church that uh, you would not walk away from that or forget that but process that take it to the Lord talk to him there are lots of opportunities so hopefully see some of you out here this evening lots of opportunities in the days ahead to uh, to see what God wants to do as we come to him in humility and repentance so if there's anyone this morning who um, just would like some uh, some prayer ministry um, I think we have a couple people here this morning that'll, that can pray with you um otherwise it is time for our barbecue okay it's our family barbecue and i know that it's a bit of a thank you to our volunteers today so our board and our pastors are serving as a thank you to all of you and the way that you serve all year round so they do need a few minutes to get finished getting ready for that so you don't need to run out of here so you can stay and, and worship along if you want or come forward when we can have prayer time but as you're ready to go you can just make your way downstairs actually pastor should we like pray over the meal or something now, so we don't have to try to do that downstairs? Yeah? Go ahead. Oh, we just said go ahead at the same time. You're it!
0: (sighs) Father, we pray that you would bless (laughs) the food we're about to eat and our fellowship together. Thank you, God, for this family. Yeah. Thank you that we get to enjoy each other and enjoy this beautiful day. Yeah. And uh, may we be enriched by it in Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs)
1: Amen. So be blessed. See you downstairs.